Okay, let's move on. Uh, Dr. Cole, I had a question for you. How many ACL surgeries have you done, do you think, in your career? Well, I, uh, truth be told, haven't counted, but I would say um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 4,500 to 5,000 ACL reconstructions in more than 20 years. It's a pretty common knee operation that I perform. Wow, that is some number. It really is. And um, my next topic here, Dr. Cole, on Sports Medicine Weekly, um, reducing the risk of ACL injuries. What comes to mind when you think about, boy, for all those people that have had the ACL surgery, um, how could they possibly avoid it? Well, one way is to have a pandemic. I can tell you that much. Um, yeah. I, we've seen a substantial, you know, to have an ACL injury, it's one of those things that rarely happens when you're not in some form of competition. Every once in a while, I get a random uh, event that causes one that, you know, is not reproducible. But, you know, the vast majority happen when someone is in an environment where they can't predict when the next sort of what I call perturbation or movement is going to happen and their brain just sort of instantaneously disconnects for a fraction of a second and the forces go to the knee in an abnormal way and they tear their ACL. Uh, uh, the flip side is that we've done a really good job through our basic science, our biomechanics and investigations of how our brains uh, think about our joints and space and time to identify ways to reduce the risk of ACL injuries, uh, probably more so than any other uh, condition that we treat actually. Well, let's bring on Athletico's ACL expert, Cindy Krebsbach. She is the facility manager and a physical therapist at the Athletico Oak Park facility. 21 years as a physical therapist, 19 years working with ACL patients. Cindy, thanks for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Thanks for having me. So what comes to your mind, Cindy, um, kind of playing off Dr. Cole here with uh, how to reduce the risk of ACL injuries? What do you, what do you believe? Well, I guess my role mainly would be education for prevention. Um, we do some ACL prevention screens um, in the community at the local high schools, colleges, or even just in the clinic. And we're just really looking at their mechanics. Um, and what I mean by that is alignment, what's happening to their knee when they're jumping, landing, squatting, and then just giving them education on proper alignment, posture, you know, recruiting their core muscles. And really that's, you know, it's, it can be that simple, just kind of educating them more about, you know, their body mechanics and alignment. Cindy, if I, uh, I have a daughter who plays um, soccer and uh, field hockey and she's getting into that high risk age group and thankfully thus far no major injuries but if i was interested in having her get into a program um at athletico what 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 would i do and what would it look like for her well what it looked like is she could come into the clinic and we would perform um a basic like you know have her do five different activities and we would analyze you know, what was happening at her knee? What was happening at her trunk? Was she, you know, f uh, forward bending during a squat or was she not bending her knee enough during landings? And we kind of, you know, look at all those things and then put together a home exercise program where she could work on improving. If it was, re you know, if there was a lot that was going on and we kind of felt like she needs a little bit more intervention than just a home program, we could bring her in for actual formal physical therapy 
and work on those things in the clinic with more, you know, close monitoring from uh, a physical therapist. I know Athletico subscribes to a really well-known program, the PPP program, which has been has been validated scientifically. It's one that uh, the colleges, NCAA. I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about what that program is and how it's implemented uh, at, at Athletico. Sure. So the three P's stands for prevention, progression, and performance. So prevention is either, you know, going out to, um, let's say, a local high school football team and screening their athletes, looking at their mechanics during specific activities such as like a single leg hop or, um, you know, cutting activities and looking to see what their body does. And then if, you know, if what we see puts, you know, we feel like the patient's more at risk of having an ACL injury, then we can identify that patient as somebody who would need a home exercise program or perhaps some formal physical therapy to address those mechanical flaws that we saw. Um, progression is just t- taking patients, you know, after their ACL surgery, if they t- torn their ACL and had it reconstructed, it's kind of just, you know, following a protocol to get them back to how, you know, what sport they want to go back to or no sport, um, just, you know, getting them back to, to life um, as, as they knew it before. And performance is actually interesting. We do that after about six months of therapy after the surgery, and we have six key um, activities that we have them do, such as a tuck jump or um, a single leg hop, and we'll actually videotape that and do more of an analysis than what we see. Um, and we put that all into a nice, concise report card that we can send to the physician, um, and they can see how the patient is doing uh, with their with their mechanics after the after the uh, the therapy. Um, and we do that under two conditions, either fatigued or non-fatigued. And fatigued is really the the conditions you want to do it under. Uh, in order to determine if the patient is ready to return to sports because you really want to see how they're doing under fatigue conditions because if they're playing in a game for 90 minutes, they need to be able to you know, maintain good mechanics throughout that entire 90 minutes. Yeah, I think I would say this, that uh, the, the reporting function is super helpful because it gives an actionable plan for the for the athlete um, in terms of, hey, I've got these discrepancies. Six months is, you know, the timeline that, you know, the most fortunate can get back predictably and be very safe, uh, depending on the quality of the work they've done up to till that point. But there are quite a few people, depending on their sport, especially women, that may have some persistent deficits. And um, having, doing it under a fatigue situation, that's relatively new and um, it's a I'm glad that you do it because as I've pointed out you know before fatigue is probably the nemesis of ACL injury to begin with and you're testing in a real-life situation that gives them something as I say actionable that they can actually correct to prevent the chance for re-injury which unfortunately is between five and seven or eight percent so if we can squeeze it down to two percent three percent those are huge numbers when you think about the number of ACLs that are reconstructed a year you know in the neighborhood of you know 350 to 450,000 ACLs done uh, surgically at least. And Dr. Cole, to Cindy's point, I did want to bring up this. I know you've mentioned it before. Hasn't the NBA done studies finding that uh, most of the ACL tears you see with NBA players have been later in the game? Yes, that's actually a study that we published looking at the timing of ACL injury. And we found that more than half happened in the second half and the majority of them happened in the fourth quarter. And it just speaks to that fatigue concept. You know, we were really good, Steve, at measuring time equals zero, get an athlete out there. Let's look at the six known factors that are associated with injury or re-injury. But it really never was done in the context of what happens with fatigue. And that's what Cindy's pointed out, which is so incredibly important. 
So yes, the we know that these things often happen later. There's other injuries that will happen out of the gates. You know, you look at the NFL lockout and people come back and we saw a whole onslaught of Achilles tendon injuries. Uh, so startup injuries, hamstrings, Achilles, quad strains, things like that, those happen in a very different fashion. Uh, ligament injuries such as ACL injuries happen more commonly than not in a, in a, in a, in a fatigue setting. Again, our guest is Cindy Krebsbach, Athletico's ACL expert. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly coming your way each and every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Only on the score, Cindy is the facility manager and physical therapist at Athletico's Oak Park facility. 21 years as a physical therapist, 19 years working with ACL patients. And my next question is for both of you, both Cindy and Dr. Cole, um, regarding gender. And Dr. Cole, I'll start with you. Do you see most of your ACL patients um, are a particular gender or high-risk group? Yeah, this is, uh, unfortunately, this is one injury that does sort of discriminate, and it's because uh, women have some biomechanical factors and anatomical factors that seem to lead to uh, injury. And um, that's we've learned the most out of looking at female athletes in terms of ACL prevention. In fact, a lot of the work done in the NCAA to reduce injuries uh, and putting people through programs like the PPP program were done in women. And there was a, in, in females, we learned that there was a 35% reduction in um, ACL injuries when they went through these programs. So th- the good news is you could take those same principles and extrapolate to men but um, but the incidence is probably five to seven in females to men, and well, you know we got to pay attention to both genders. But clearly, we have uh, we we can make huge strides in female ACL reconstruction. Cindy, are you seeing the same thing at Athletico? Absolutely, I would say the majority of uh, the ACL patients that we have here are, you know, usually they're actually high school female soccer players. That's kind of the biggest one. Um, but you know, any sport that involves any sort of cutting, um, acceleration, deceleration, jumping, um, you're going to see ACL injuries. And Cindy, I have this question for you. Um, it always seems like when you think about a physical therapy facility, we're always thinking post-op or post-injury, but is it time we turn the public listeners' attention to, you know, reducing the risk of ACL injuries and uh, Athletico having a program and a safety procedure in place to maybe prevent injuries like this? Yeah, we're really trying to make a big push with getting into the high schools and, and educating the coaches on the importance of doing these screens with their athletes, um, which we're getting you know some good feedback for, and we've done a few of these um, these screens at the local high schools, on their fields, with their athletes. Um, but also anybody that, that wants to, to be screened can always come into the clinic and get a, a free assessment on, you know, on how their, their knee is, is looking mechanically. And if we feel like they're at a risk of an ACL injury, we can give them exercises to help prevent that. Great. And again, question for both Cindy and Dr. Cole. Um, how about with COVID uh, and the, what we have been going through the last couple of months? Dr. Cole, um, for patients that you've operated on uh, and having to sit through the, the COVID um, shutter in place, so to speak, um, have your ACL patients um, not necessarily suffered, but had to take time to finally get back to the facilities? 
Yeah, I would say that probably the most important aspect of that, Steve, is that in the early post-op period, we've been able to get patients in and seen. Athletico uh, has done a great job uh, in sort of in embracing the, the requirements for social distancing and hygiene. And I would say that I feel as safe or safer going into a physician's office like ours or going into a physical therapy center because they know what to do. In fact, I've often said I feel safer doing that than I do going into a grocery store uh, because you walk into those centers that are abiding by, you know, basic principles, temperatures are taken, doing a quick history of a patient. And through those screening methods and then with masking, I think we can absolutely uh, deliver healthcare safely. And there are people who early in the post-operative state will benefit most from uh, hands-on physical therapy. Uh, But certainly there's a role for telemedicine um, and when used properly, especially in the in-between or even later stages when you're trying to uh, monitor an athlete as they get back to return to sport because they're used to doing a lot of these activities. They just need a little bit of guidance to get there. And Cindy, Athletico has been open uh, from the start, haven't they? Yeah, we didn't we didn't shut our doors at all for this. Um, we were able to quickly transition to telemedicine uh, right when everything started happening, um, and we we had all the procedures in place to do that. So, um, so initially, you know, we had a lot of telemedicine visits, and I feel like now those are kind of trans um, transferring more into inpatient visits as you know patients get a little bit more comfortable with leaving their homes, and you know as we enter into next phases of the of the recovery uh, plan here. In, in the state of Illinois. Well, I guess our takeaway is we have to go to break. Uh, it's not possible to prevent every injury, but the good news is Athletico has free assessments in clinic or virtually. So if you're sore or experiencing pain, you can schedule a free assessment by visiting athletico.com. And many thanks to Cindy Kresbach, our guest here. She is Athletico's ACL expert, and you can visit Cindy Uh, at Athletico's Oak Park facility. Great job, Cindy. Appreciate your help joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Thanks for having me on. And when we return following this break on Sports Medicine Weekly, we'll come back with our staple of the show. It's our Ask the Doctor segment. We have a couple of great questions from our listeners for Dr. Brian Cole. And Dr. Cole and I join you with more. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly only on 670 The Score. 